Now, a roundup of recent climateliabilitynews.org reports from the Climate Monitor podcast with articles written by journalists Dana Drugman and Karen Savage. The city of New Orleans, which is already experiencing an increase in extreme rainfall events and rising seas due to climate change, is demanding that 11 oil, gas, and pipeline companies pay for the damage they've allegedly done to its coastal wetlands. The city alleges that the companies failed to protect the coastal environment and, quote, specifically foresaw, end quote, the destructive effect of their operations. In the suit, which was filed on March 29th in New Orleans District Court, the city said the companies failed to comply with coastal use permits, which are required in order to operate in Louisiana's fragile wetlands. It is asking the companies to pay for the cost of decontaminating and restoring the wetlands. Defendants in the suit include Apache Louisiana Minerals, Aspect Energy, Chaparral Energy, Chevron, Collins Pipeline Company, Entergy New Orleans, EOG Resources, Exxon Mobil Pipeline Company, Gulf South Pipeline Company, Southern Natural Gas, and Whiting Oil and Gas Corporation. The city said wetland loss caused by the companies is endangering New Orleans infrastructure and residents. New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell said, quote, the land that's been lost was a protective barrier defending us from hurricanes and floods, end quote. On the edge of New Orleans, the East Orleans Land Bridge area near Lake Bourne has lost an estimated 5,470 acres of marsh since 1932, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. More than 1,000 additional acres have been lost in the nearby Alligator Bend area. The defendant companies did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The Louisiana Oil and Gas Association and the Louisiana Mid-Continent Oil and Gas Association, in a joint statement, denounced the suit. Tyler Gray, president of the Louisiana Mid-Continent Oil and Gas Association and industry trade group, commented, quote, With the filing of this lawsuit, the city of New Orleans sends a message to oil and gas. They're closed for business, end quote. Financial risk associated with climate change could undermine the stability of the financial system, according to a research letter by a member of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. The financial and economic risks of climate change are already being considered by central banks in other countries and are increasingly a concern for the Federal Reserve Bank, said Glenn D. Rudebush, senior policy advisor and executive vice president in the Economic Research Department of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. His letter was posted on the bank's website on March 25th. His research highlighted the economic risks associated with climate change, risks that were detailed in the fourth National Climate Assessment released by the U.S. government agencies last year that argued climate inaction would be far costlier to the national economy than climate mitigation. Rudabush said, quote, Without substantial and sustained global mitigation and regional adaptation efforts, 
climate change is expected to cause growing losses to American infrastructure and property and impede the rate of economic growth over this century, end quote. He added that risks to the economy include business interruptions resulting in loan defaults and bankruptcies caused by storms, droughts, wildfires, and other extreme events. Rudabush said even financial firms with limited carbon emissions could face substantial climate risk exposure through mortgages and business loans in coastal communities across the globe. Support piled in during the week of March 24 for the liability suits filed by San Francisco and Oakland against five oil companies, including friend of the court briefs from six Democratic senators, several government associations, as well as former Secretary of State John Kerry and former Environmental Protection Agency head Gina McCarthy. Their arguments that courts are the proper forum to hold big oil accountable for its role in climate change because those corporations have held political sway over the legislative and executive branches of government also got a lift that week with new research showing how much the industry has spent lobbying government officials over the past three years. The briefs were filed in support of the city's appeal to the Ninth Circuit trying to reverse the case's dismissal by U.S. District Court Judge William Alsup last year. Alsop said the courts should not decide issues involving climate change because the issue is better suited for other branches of government. Chevron refuted the report's characterization and said, quote, We have not been afforded the opportunity to review the data, but we disagree with the assertion that Chevron has engaged in climate-related branding and lobbying that is overwhelmingly in conflict with the Paris Agreement. According to a Chevron spokesperson who said in a statement, also, quote, we lobby ethically, constructively, and in a nonpartisan manner. We lobby in accordance with all laws, end quote. The spokesman said Chevron has invested $1.1 billion in carbon capture and storage projects in Australia and Canada and spent $8.5 billion since 2000 on research and development on energy alternatives. The spokesman said, quote, we are taking action to address potential climate change risks to our business and investing in technology and low carbon business opportunities that could reduce greenhouse gas emissions, end quote. In its latest brief, trying to keep alive its climate liability suit against five major oil companies, New York City reiterated that its lawsuit is about forcing them to pay to protect the city and its residents from the impacts of climate change, not about regulating greenhouse gas emissions. The city wrote in the brief filed on March 25 in the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, quote, emissions are part of the causal chain by which defendants' intentional conduct results in severe harm to the city but the city's claims will not require a court to set an acceptable level of emissions, either to assess liability or to provide a remedy, end quote. New York is appealing the case's dismissal by U.S. District Judge John Keenan last June when Keenan ruled that the executive and legislative branches, not the courts, 
are the proper forum to address harms resulting from climate change and greenhouse gas pollution. He said the city's claims are covered under federal law because they involve greenhouse gas emissions that cross state lines, but that the Clean Air Act takes legal precedence because it governs emissions. New York filed its lawsuit against BP, ConocoPhillips, Chevron, ExxonMobil, and Royal Dutch Shell in January 2018, claiming public nuisance, private nuisance, and trespass, and seeking to force the oil giants to help pay for infrastructure improvements needed to protect its more than 8.5 million residents from climate impacts. The city appealed Keenan's decision in November, contending that Keenan misunderstood its allegations and erred when he concluded that various federal law doctrines barred its claims. It maintains that its claims aren't displaced by the Clean Air Act, and the suit should not have been dismissed by the lower court. You can read more details about these reports, including linked material, at climateliabilitynews.org, which is updated several times each week. You can also subscribe to email notifications of new reports on the climateliabilitynews.org website. Also, you can follow Climate Liability News on Facebook and Twitter. Be sure to read more of the report by Karen Savage entitled Battling for Big Oil, Manufacturing Trade Group Leads Assault on Climate Suits on the climateliabilitynews.org website. I'm Mitch Chester. You can hear more Climate Monitor podcasts at climatemonitor.tv. Thanks for joining us.